Hello and welcome. This is the Filmmakers Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk filmmaking from indie films to studio films and everything in between. How to get them made, how to make them, and how not to make them. To try not to F it up, in a very humble opinion, um, we are here at the Curzon Cinema in Soho, in London, to talk to director Francis Anand about his brand new feature film, Escape from Pretoria, which is sensational. It's out very on March, March 6th. It it's very good. I'm here with Andrew Roger, um, my wonderful DOP of The Dare, and also of um, Knights of, of King Camelot and, and the people behind that. Um, yeah, how are you doing? I'm good, buddy. I'm It's right. nice to see you. Nice, it's it's good to see you. Yes. Um, um, I've had a lovely Christmas. It's been very chill. Christmas? Yeah. Do you remember Christmas? No. It's like I March. Do. It's not March. Well, it will be when this comes out. Well, <laughs> good. Oh, in which case I've had a great February. I've had loads Have of work coming. Great. Yeah. great. I did that TV show mm. I was going to do, mm. and there's that feature films coming as well. Big commercial. Big, right. Big com- you're directing that. Oh, obviously. am I? Yeah. Yes. I'm sure. Sorry. I had a great time. Yeah, good. Good. Because up to that point, it was really slow. It's been a really slow year up to that point. <laughs> but luckily, on about February the thirty-first, really kicked off. Really went into next eighth gear. Right, that's good. How's you been? Oh, thanks for asking. Mm. Um, I'm but fine. I'm a, I'm about to go to LA. So when this comes out, I'll have come back and told you all about it. I'm probably done a podcast from there for the actual wow premiere opening wow. of the dare where people can actually watch this movie that we made exciting, yeah. uh, three years ago and two <laughs> and years ago, ago and, and one a year, year ago, ago and still making it last ago, week yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but i'm actually delighted to get it out there how do you feel about that i feel it's very dark I don't know if I've mentioned that. There was only one review that said it was dark, Andy. <laughs> Everyone else said the cinematography was very it's a fucking nice. fucking horror movie. Come on. It's a horror movie. It's supposed to be dark. Come on. Um, yes, I am very proud of it. It was nice because obviously when I was shooting plebs in Bulgaria last year, oh, I yeah. went... You shot plebs in Bulgaria? I don't know if I mentioned you? that. I don't know if you have. Um, in the same studio as we shot The Dare with some of the same flats and many of the same crew. I wondered about those the same props, went. actually. Serious? The handcuffs appear in... Serious? Yeah, Just, uh, yeah, seriously. You know the handcuffs we had made? Yeah. Yeah, they're in plebs. Um, That's amazing. That's really cool. I was like, ah, I didn't mention it. Because uh, <laughs> it'd been like, What? Um, That's cool. Yeah, it's a good story. Um, Great what was I story. Going to say? Didn't go anywhere. Can't remember. Lost the plot. You were about to say. Yeah. So obviously, I coloured it when at the end of it when I was in a lunch break in several lunch breaks. Just one. one the break. dare. You mean the dare? You you during, went. You during, popped into popped the... into the grade when I was yeah. in Bulgaria. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's good. Very happy with it. I think it looks nice. I yeah. think it's scary. Yeah. I think it's You know, we're good. getting some great reviews. We're getting some... I don't want to say this out loud because it just feel a bit wanky. You know, it's a podcast we've been talking about this film from the very beginning, mm-hmm. The Dare, mm-hmm. and now it's actually getting released into the world. Which not is the whole world. Not the UK yet. The Benelux area. <laughs> <laughs> but it came out in cinemas in Holland. It did, yeah. 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 That's Which someone uh, blow-drying their hands, translated I translated some, some ho- Holland reviews. Yeah. 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 Said it was good. So it was, so was alright so it was alright and for a horror film for a debut and you know pretty proud of it yeah me too man. I think you've got a few films coming out this year though haven't you Andrew got Roger got one DLP. other film coming out this year uh, also directed by Giles Alderson director mm-hmm. it's called uh, King Arthur and Merlin and his dad <laughs> <laughs> it's about King Arthur and Merlin and his dad is it yeah that sounds great it's really good it's not it's an area that isn't focused on upon so much mm. um, but it's yeah 
it's it's heart it's heart rending. We should mention our sponsors this week, by the way, which is the fantastic Screencraft. So if you're a screenwriter and you want to get your work out there and you want to meet producers, you want to find the right kind of agent to get your script going, then the Screencraft competitions are totally worth it. They're also doing a fellowship and a film fund. Uh, so have a look at their website, screencraft.org, and you will see uh, the whole list. So if you've got horror, drama, comedy, whatever it is, it is totally worth putting in because you can you can massively improve your um, career. I think everyone who's won, as far as I'm being told, has got an agent off the back of winning this competition. So they do contests for their um, for screenwriters. So they've got a sci-fi fantasy, they've got a comedy, they've got a horror. They've even got a short section as well as a pilot, drama, uh, action, adventure, whatever you are writing at the moment, they have a competition for it. The animation one is huge right now. So if you've got something that you want to put in, make sure it's brilliant, by the way. Get your friends to check it, spell check it, go through all that, make sure it's written in the right format and do it. Get involved because screencraft.org are fantastic. Uh, go to screencraft.org. That's it. That's the that's that's the website. Beautiful. That Thank was, you. That's the best commercial I've heard. Uh, <laughs> today. So obviously, this is the first show we've done together this year. What What are your hopes and dreams for 2020? To make this better. <laughs> what are you? To make the intro. I mean, obviously, better? this is lost. This is a this lost is cause. A lost just, just like your life this year. What do you What do you hope for? I hope we make another feature um, or two this year. But I also want to do a much bigger budget this yeah. year. Eighty-one pounds. Rather than 80. Yeah. I think it's important to just make sure you're, you're raising your levels. Yeah, as long as you're doing bigger bigger work. But I think that's important, even if it is a pound. So this week, we talked to director and writer. I'm trying to bring it back to what yeah. I suppose we talk about. Um, Francis Anan about his feature film, Escape to Retoria. I think what he did was the right way as a debut film, you know, mm. to get Daniel Radcliffe on, to yeah, get some respects, yeah. amazing yeah, yeah. big producers on, David Barron, Mark Blaney, you know, they're big, big producers. To get them to come, you know, to believe in him as a director yeah. is incredible. So we talk about that a lot. We talk about his journey, how he got there, and um, yeah, and his, his process of, of making this film, Escape to Pretoria. And we talk about that now. Uh, enjoy. It's an absolute delight to have you here, Francis. Thank you so much for joining us on the Filmmakers Podcast. Yeah, pleasure, pleasure. Um, we were just talking there how you know Phil Hawkins as well, and I love that little, the indie world is really small sometimes. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think that, you know, the more people you know in this world, the more you do, the more that little group grows and you all support each other. It's wonderful, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the director for hire is one thing you get in the industry and you get that kind of director for hire thing, but then you're kind of, it's kind of like... <laughs> Little, I mean, I don't want to be pretentious, but it's like, you know, little sort of, you know, filmmakers with their little portfolios under their arms, <laughs> you know, yeah. you're all trying to to create interesting things. Some are doing more artistic stuff, some are doing more commercial stuff, some are doing block, but, you know, but you all sort of look at each other. And Phil and I have spoken quite a lot. I mean, we went to high school together. Um, he was making short films on a computer in the library and I said, and he sort of tapped me on the shoulder, like, hey, hey, Francis, have a look at this. Have a look at this. And <laughs> since then, we've just been buddies and, you know, I've, he shot my grad film. I've shot stuff short and sorts for him, you know, so we've just kind of risen and um, worked together. And um, there's a picture we've got, um, which I keep, re we keep referring to. Uh, I think it's like, in, I don't know, late eighties and it's Brian De Palma yeah. and Robert Zemeckis and Spielberg mm -hmm. and Scorsese, I think. So it's ridiculous. Like, you know, yeah, it's picture. all those guys. Yeah. All those guys, you know, and George Lucas. That's and they're always like hanging out, like having a beer. Yeah. And it was that whole thing. We've always kind of gone, well, you know, everyone was sort of, 
then. I think Robert Zemeckis, I think, cut his first film in Spielberg's pool house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and Brian De Palma was the one who I think had some ideas for Star Wars for That's the opening. Right. Cre- you know, so that you kind of I think it's important. No man is an island, or woman is an island. So I think it's important to try and you know find ten or fifteen you know writers, directors, and and just you know you're not. You don't know, just you're just friends, you know, and you talk, and you go, "Oh, that has happened to me as well." And oh, I've, I know a DP who's a free next week for a thing, and it's it's very good to cultivate that because I don't think that really stops, you know, as the career moves on, you still end up doing that. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you still talk to each other, and I think that's it's vital. And um, we are here at the Curzon Soho for the gala screening of your film, Escape from Pretoria, which is fantastic, by the way. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, We're here with Andrew Roger. Yeah, hey, no, how good. you doing? Hey. Hey. You all right, all right. Um, it's quite noisy in the background because they're getting preparing for the screening gala screen tonight. And we've got lovely little what would you call them? One sheets up, um, poster boards so you get have your photos in front of that's later. Yeah. I mean, that's super exciting. It's the Curzon Soho, which is a great place to have mm-hmm. you know any kind of screening anyway. But to have your gala screening here, you know, it's, it's fantastic, right? Yeah, I've been to a lot of Q&A's here, and you know, it's 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 a lot of, on a lot of filmmakers' maps, um, in terms of you know. Uh, being a cultural center and you know someone would love to have their film here and i think they like you know they actually like films here i guess you would think of this place as more of an independent leaning um cinema they they, you know they really like it it's not just a corporate thing of you know making money in tickets that they they want to talk to filmmakers so yeah it's a great place to be good good you must be over the moon because yeah yeah wonderful um i was here and i think maybe you might not be the last time you were here for the uh screening of signatures event where they had the there were trailers for all their films yes, coming yes, yes. up i was there as well because our film that andy shot and i directed king arthur uh, arthur and merlin yes, yes, yes was shown as well yeah. and you got off and did a little speech i went francis right i'm gonna not jot his name down <laughs> i'm gonna blag him to come and do a podcast very soon because <laughs> okay. even that trailer was amazing you know you got daniel radcliffe in it you know you got this amazing cast mm. and i thought how did he do that how did that come about? And that's what we wanted to talk to yeah, you about yeah. today is how you managed to make this. It's your debut feature, right? As far yes. as I can tell. It was, it was, the IMDb was full of credits. And I was like, what's that from? I wonder what that's from. So I was fascinated to know your journey of how you came to make this. You know, essentially, it's quite a big big movie for a debut movie and you wrote it as well and i want to get into delve deep into that so how did how did you start how did you start i know you talked about going to bournemouth uh doing some work there but what was your journey um that's a very very good question and, thank and you one needs a, <laughs> a stiff bourbon to be able to kind of unleash my mind um so i, I mean going far back so uh, in manchester i guess you know one of my original thoughts was to study political science uh, oh wow! You know, so it was a different thing. So my family are quite political and mm-hmm. and legal, um, and so you know that was probably you know that's your life. You know, <laughs> yeah. do, study law or something or political science, and then go and be you know something lawry um, or politicalish. And uh, then did a training course at the BBC with Phil Hawkins and with uh, Amina Ayub, who's also mm-hmm. uh, she just produced um, I think Rocks. Great. Um, yeah. Um, so you know all these little interesting connections again, um, and. Um, the woman who was deputy head of current affairs said, well, if you like, you know, 
the, the cerebral element, you know, really and culture at the BBC and, you know, kind of, uh, 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 you know, uh, Western aesthetics in, you know, <laughs> modern cinema, you know, that kind of stuff, the kind of the, the behind the scenes of it, if you like that, as well as pick up a camera and lighting and sound and, and you know, directing and stuff, then that course has that synthesis. So, okay, I'll apply, managed to get on and then got that. And then when I finished that degree in Bournemouth, I went back to the BBC and I was training, um, with BBC Manchester, who were doing some kind of last vestiges of training courses. Um, so I went back there, um, <coughs> got on film sets, working, you know, just training basically on dramas um, and with the BBC Comedy North at that time. Um, and then, yeah, went to a, a film school in Lithuania. Um, in Lithuania? In Lithuania, yeah. <laughs> so, so these Kodak affiliated um, film schools would happen every year. Yeah. Um, you know, around Europe and Kodak would sponsor them and you would, you know, get a bunch of film stock if you won and you'd have like, you know, so they'd put you in 10 groups of 10 and um, you have two weeks, you know, we'd had lectures from like, you know, the assistant editor from Jaws and, you know, the deputy head of National Film School. So they'd all come down and give you lectures in the first week and the second week Brilliant. they'd pair you together with, so I had like a Bulgarian DP and um, oh, yeah. Oh, we, we yeah. know about that well. yeah. yeah that sort of thing you know, <laughs> so you, we shot the dare in Bulgaria and Andy shot plebs the TV series over in Bulgaria there you so go. We, we know them quite well that is NFEF the film school there yeah so yeah, he was sure. studying there ah, a chap yeah. called uh, Karl Bozilov but anyway um, so, so yeah it's a you know, mix you know the people yeah. Spanish recordist and a Lithuanian sound editor so we basically copied together 10 groups of 10 10 people each one gets a director a producer a writer a sound editor and uh Basically, you're supposed to write, shoot, cut, and mix a film right. in that second week. And they throw a few sort of Lithuanian uh, acting school actors. You know, they kind of pool them, you pick them out. Okay. And you just got this, you know, KBS. And um, yeah, so, you know, did, did that. And we managed to win Best Producer and Best Sound Design. And I won Best Director. And we won, we won the competition, right? We won the whole thing. Amazing. Yeah, so I was like, oh, not directed for you in a bit maybe there's something I don't know something's still there so then came back um, shot some um, bits and bobs out in Bahrain and how did you um, get that work how did you even start you know as a you now you've gone to film school how did you even find the work to be honest a lot of it was friends it was friends mm -hmm. from um, university um, so one of my one of my really good friends um, Sal Nass um, was you know we were kind of like twins at the university we'd go around to each other's houses and things mm -hmm. and he went back to Bahrain and there were there was a production company out there looking for for people to do bits and bobs so I you know went out once and then twice and then three times and four times um, and yeah it's kind of interesting um, uh, well that must have been oh gosh before I got married so that was 2008-9 okay um, you know and then I'm trying to I need to speed through now um, so then basically <laughs> was yeah doing that did some music video bits and bobs mm -hmm. um, and then did a film competition um, called Enter the Pitch and applied a couple of times mm -hmm. and um, didn't get through anything <laughs> kind of were interested but I did meet the production the kind of producer wing which is attached to it so when you win the money there needs to be a production company that actually you know facilitates the cash and helps you book things and crew and you know yeah post. so you're just not going to spunk it everywhere they go right. well actually we're going to put a proper production team on this to help you make it okay yeah, absolutely so i was like you people <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. you know i want you lot. yes yeah kind of crosshairs on you guys you're interesting and you guys make stuff and mm -hmm. they'd made a film called africa united and uh, done yeah. quite well and which blah, is blah, fantastic blah. Yeah, yeah it's a great movie. so i was like okay um so even though i didn't kind of get any get any further i 
met with um, Mark Blaney, one of the producers, and so then he was like, you know, you know basically, what's what's your deal? Like, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. who are you? What's going down? Um, and we met at a pub in Pimlico. So I mentioned, you know, I kind of well, political science was my original path, and and therefore I kind of love anything with a political element to it, or mm -hmm. you know, political thrillers and things that you know, are kind of thinking films or whatever you want to say. Um, so he so he sort of sort of slung this book across the the sort of the pub table, um, and it was the book to you know, this book, you know, Inside Out, Escape from Pretoria Prison written by Tim Jenkin. Um, so we've lost the rights to them and to the book. We lost them a year and a bit ago, but, you know, read it anyway. <clears throat> so I read it and, you know, did the whole thing. I'll take that, you know, cut that bit out, do that, move that to here, add that character, da -da -da -da, all that kind of stuff. Uh, annotated the heck out of it and highlight a pen. Brilliant. And then they went back to the, um, the, the author, Tim, you know, and uh, the rights had actually come up for renewal and you know they got the rights back and then we got writing and yeah so so that was kind of the wow. very kind of initial process in terms of getting the rights back and attaching myself to it and was there any point during that whole process where you thought well look they might get the rights back for the book but they might just push me out of it because i haven't made a feature before well i mean what was it at that moment no yeah. it's just an idea right okay from, yeah it was a book that you know yeah, that was so it. you know shoot it for a couple of mil sure you know find an old abandoned whatever Mm -hmm. you know and just shoot it like you know um i love that you made that sound so easy yeah it's just a couple of mil <laughs> yeah shoot it no worries yeah, no worries yeah. you know but you know what i mean like you know sure. you, you don't know what it is yet yeah and there's no script there's just a book so you know I, yeah i agree until there's an actual script i don't know if you find this Andy. Mm. It, it's just an idea yeah until yeah. there's a the end or this is you know page 90 or whatever it is mm -hmm. it's nothing it's yeah. just an idea mm. so until there's a fully script it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. But because you were on board to write that, if you like, then it became yours. So you could have a say by sort of going, well, look, this is how I'm going to make this movie. Yes, I think, I think so. And, you know, I think getting on, getting on board very early like that um, as a director, as a writer-director, is kind of good because if you can sink your teeth into the whole thing and embed yourself in, then you've got something. And if you can build it mm. and the script's quite good and you get some finance, then cast read and go, this is, it's kind of tasty. Yeah, I'm then, you, then, you, then now you have something. Right? Yeah. Um, so I think that could be a very good way to kind of, you know, for me, generate, you know, um, a space for yourself. Um, whether that's with a book and trying to get the rights to it or whether it's with a, you know, a completely original script and you meet some punk writer and you think, oh, you know, whatever you go, you know what, it's got a script. The script is actually quite good. Yeah. It needs a bit of work, but I'm going to flipping sink my claws into it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And hold on, you know, and if that's three years, four years, five years, that, you know, it's, it's, as I said, it's a way of finding a space. You're not waiting for someone to hand you something. You are looking and seeing the potential worth in, in, a, in something and then, you know, nurturing it. And I think that, you know, you asked the question about, you know, was I afraid that I might get, you know, kicked off with the thing project? Well, first of all, I did trust the producers, Mark and Jackie, you know, they, they have integrity and they're, you know, they, they stuck with it and, mm -hmm. they, they, you know, so I, so I thought, oh, you know, they'll stick with it. Um, but also, yeah, as I said, you know, I was so entrenched in the whole thing <laughs> you know, that, yeah. you know, it was, it, you know, not, not that I was even thinking this, it just, I realized that, you know, it would have been hard to, to now start changing things. Um, and also almost like the, the film sort of got bigger, almost like under the cloak of darkness, you know, if, they, if, if that had happened early, they would have gone on this, who's this guy? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? I see what Let's you mean. get a big director. But yeah. because it was kind of, you know, near the end when suddenly it all blew up as it were, um, it was just like, well, Francis is there, you know, da, da, da. but I, I was very integral, you know, in, 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 
in most aspects That's of amazing. it. So. so the question never came up. It was never from the investor side of it. Nothing like that ever came no, up. No, I mean, the, the, so, they, so, they, so there were discussions in terms of, you know, on, on maybe on the sales side that, you know, um, you know, because it's a first time filmmaker, is there any way we can mitigate? So, you know, so, you know, Dan Rackett's name potentially mitigates against the first, you know, yes. the, the, the sureties they're looking for mm. um, to balance out the first time director. But, you know, with Moonlight and with uh, 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 Beast of the Southern Wild and, mm -hmm. and um, you know, I mean, I'm not, I, my brain's got a bit blank, but, you know, there was a whole slew of first time director Yes. films mm -hmm. uh, now whether they had some accol accolade like Damien Chazelle or like uh, Jordan Peele who had you know kind of expertise or whether they were whatever yeah. they were still first time filmmakers and they were making it really big so I think there was a sense in which it wasn't so much the I don't stigma the right word but it wasn't so much the the the, the unknown quantity mm. um, of, of having a first time director you know because been, there's been about seven or eight years of really good showings from first time directors yeah, yeah. but they still were talking like that you know so well how to balance out you know fine what what stage did Daniel Radcliffe get involved in the project how early was that um, so they went to Dan's um, agent who's <laughs> now my agent um, congratulations yeah, by the <laughs> way news. Um, Sue who I love dearly um, and so we went to uh, to Sue and then she read it because they, they tend to happen as you know the, the agents often read the scripts first as mm -hmm. a kind of gatekeeper the actor might have said to the to the agent mm, no more horrors or mm, you know no more this um, or you know I'm happy with a very small but you're really interesting role so the agent will then know that and then read with a sort of gatekeeper sort of mindset so she read it loved it and then said i'm gonna send it to dan he read it like hoovered it up like in a couple of weeks because normally big actors they take their time suddenly yeah. you're waiting yeah, six months and you're going oh please yeah. two two weeks yeah he's done. read it something right. like that Sometimes, you know it was that yeah. i remember kind of going oh flip you know he's read it um so he read it very, very quickly and then um so he said i was very intrigued you know and then you know he wants to meet so i guess the, the thing is you know then you know, no actor at that level is going to be like, yeah, where do I sign? They want to see, you know, they want to get a feel of you. Mm. Um, you know, uh, what kind of person you are, uh, potentially, you know, yeah, just want to see you. Because obviously you want well, the next, thing, the next meet step you. is yeah, yeah. to see. See some of your work and meet you. Right. Right. So that was the next thing. So we met a few weeks later. Um, and how was that? Great. You know, we got on and, you know, you know, everyone says, Dan's amazing. You know, you hear about the things told down to earth. You'd want him to hang out at your house. You know, he wants to be a buddy. And yeah. it's true. He just comes in, hi, hi. We also chatted for two and a half hours. We chatted about politics. We chatted about, you know, his next project. We chatted about the film. We chatted about Tim. We chatted about, um, you know, some of the scenes in the film. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and I would sort of do little things like, you know, well, you know, when when you come down the stairs, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> this is what we're going to do. So I would talk in these sort of terms to sort of like make him feel as if, you know, it's not, you know, I'm really sort of thinking about you for the room. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that helped or not, but you know, yeah, we literally met for, like, it must be like two and a half hours, three hours. And then he just said, look, great. I'll call my agent and, you know, we'll lock it down. That's, you um, must have felt incredible at that moment. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. You know, I mean, I'm not hugely taken, you know, if, if you well, talk to, uh, yeah. Phil and I have got a little thing where we did a, we did a, and Phil will know exactly what I'm talking about. We did a, when we were filming somewhere and, um, uh, we weren't supposed to be filming and I sort of said, you know, I leaned over his shoulder as he was filming. I was like, um, Phil, um, we probably need to move because this and that and the other. And then we looked up and then we saw like this thing coming towards us, which, you know, and he was like, we need to move now, now, now. So I'm very, you know, stoical. I don't tend to be phased by much. Right, um, I see. But, you know, deep down I was like, I think my first impression was right, get to, let's get to work, right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, I want there's some bits of the, script, the scripts I want to tweak and this and that. But yeah, it's, it's, it's you know, you have someone 
And it's not just about the name, to be honest. It's about credibility. Mm -hmm. And it's about someone who you can, who you can, what's the word? Build with? Or, Work you know, you with, have, yeah. you can build a character collaborate with. with collaborate, that's yeah. a great Do you know word. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah. so you're like, great. I've got, you know, another kind of space that can now be filled with stuff. So I think that was the big thing. You know, so that was kind of funny. Yeah, 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 that was the thing I was thinking was, how does someone at that level think? Yeah. What kind of notes does someone like that give? You know, th th you know, that, you know, I mean, that, that's mm. what I found interesting. You know, that, that, you know, I've never had that experience. So how will he, you know, will go, well, character or this or that or, you know, and obviously everyone's different, but it's just nice to be able to be thinking and talking to someone who is at mm. that level. So yes. that was what I found. That's what I was thinking. Great. It's going to be great to have that experience. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And how was it then directing him on set? How was those moments, that first time you're turning over and you're ready to go, you've got everything set up? Yeah. And you, you, you start the performance, you go, oh, I want to tweak that. Or I want to look at that. I mean, obviously you probably rehearsed quite a bit beforehand anyway, but was the, that give and take, were you, was it natural for you? Was it not a problem? Was it? It was not a problem, but by the end of the first day, I was definitely more like, okay, cool. That first the day start is, of the first is, day. Yeah, yeah. Very first day, first bit with doing the setup, the scene, which is, you know, deleted scene now. And um, we were there and, you know, um, I probably was being a little bit kid, kid glovish and Dan was like, hopefully you won't mind me saying, but he was kind of like, you know, Dude, like, <laughs> you know, like, so, so I think, I think his thing was, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a porcelain doll, you know, mm. if you want to go again, flip in, go again, if you, you know, you know what I mean? So, so I think it wasn't that I was pussyfooting around him, but I think maybe, you know, yeah, you're just, you're a little, that little bit, how do I explain it? You want to be a little bit like Moses, you know, <laughs> with the red with the people ahead of them, follow, you, know, you know, kind of leading them. Yeah. And I was sort of like on the same line, if that makes sense. So, I, you know, so then I learned by like lunchtime. Mm. It's like, ah, okay. So I need to be like six, seven, eight steps ahead. Yes. And then it's cool. So You're that gives you the space to go, okay, well, I'll figure out the next seven steps while everyone's figuring out the previous seven. Yeah. And literally by lunchtime, I was like, I got it, boom. And That's brilliant. That's <laughs> by the brilliant. end, I was like a maniacal, like, you know, put yeah. the camera there, yeah. 50 mil lens, put the track yeah. down. Okay, great, get Dan in. Yeah, Dan, do it again, yeah, better. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, but I, do, I always remember, I was, and I was in the thing, I had my script, you know, I had my folder out with the scripts and the shot list there and the storyboards. And I was very much like, okay, great. Okay, brilliant. I mean, you know, I remember just being like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of like here. You know, I mean, I'm on this scene and this shot. I need to be like, thinking about four shots. You know, do you know what I mean? You yeah. need to be, I need to be four shots ahead. You know, I need to be thinking about that. So, um, yeah, that ended up being quite um, interesting. And I think I was grateful to Dan for sort of being like, not a porcelain doll. Mm. Like, what's the deal? Are it's, you happy? Do you want to move on? You know, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, so that was, that was, but I remember that. I remember that. It was, it was, it was good. And we, by the time we filmed that scene, then it was lunch, and then we moved on to a scene um, outside, and the, when they're when they're taken to the prison van, and uh, yeah, it was great. And, and yeah, literally, it was like from that day on, it was like you know, fuel in the tank and <laughs> ready to rock. See that? Um, yeah. that is so nice, isn't it? That an actor will support you straight away from the off and know that it's maybe your first time. You are a bit nervous, and he's probably worked with loads of first-time directors mm. as well. Mm. And he just sort of went, look, look. I'm around you. Look, don't worry about me. I'm yeah, not a yeah. doll. Give me some advice. You, you're directing this. Yes. Tell me where you want me to go. And that's great. Yeah. Right? And he was just like, you know, like, like maybe about six or seven times he would, he would, you know, kind of go, okay, um, this, you know, when he, when he says this to this guy, isn't it a bit insensitive? And like, he'd be like, you know, flip. He's killed it. You know, and because he wasn't doing that every five minutes, he wasn't kind of going, oh, you know, 
why don't you know aliens descend from the sky? You know, you know, he wasn't mm. just trying to mess around for the sake of it. Um, because uh, sometimes actors do that and they need to do that. You know, you say, look, you know, this scene, you know, be, you know, be jealous. You know, he's telling you he's got, you know, the new job and just be a bit like, oh, just have a bit of jealousy, you know. And they'd be like, really? Jealousy, really? You know, and they're kind of pushing against you, but it's not because they're pushing, it's because they want to make sure, it's like going around and buying a new suit. You want to try all the suits on before you go, no, the gray is the best one. Mm -hmm. And they want to do that sometimes. And he's, you know, he kind of trusts you in that sense. He's not doing that. Mm. So when he does incisively go this, and that's how we, when we used to chat and do rehearsals or chat about the script, you know, beforehand, uh, you know, about a year before and we chat, you know, meet and chat and go like this and that. You know, he'd be like, okay, page 67, this line, you know? Wow. Um, brilliant, because because you take him seriously and, he, and you go flip, he's not just, going, oh, look at this, look at that. He's, he is, he's gone, this line, because in page 23, you know, isn't that, you know, so you go, okay, you are really, you're on my level, you're with me. Yeah. We are, we are fellow workers in this. You know what mm. I mean? It's not just, oh, here's my, my lines in my character, I'll stuff you. He's really thinking about the consequences of everything and everything. Um, so then you go, aha, I understand what you're saying seriously because your notes are contributing towards the veracity of the film, not just me and my character and stuff the rest. Um, so he, yeah, so when he did that, you know, the kind of selective times he did that, you'd be like, okay, pay, pay attention. And most of the times, well, all the times he was right. And I was like, you know what, cut the line or you know what? Or I would say, no, let me convince you as to why, <laughs> you know, yeah. this should stay or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Super. It sounds great. Yeah. Sounds really good. So you've worked as a DP in the past, I've seen in, in your IMDb credits. Is that correct? You've done some cinematography stuff? Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. You I mean, shot some stuff for film. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I did, so, 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 yeah, we, Phil and I shot some things together. I did some... Uh, uh, commercial bits and bobs together as a sort of DP director combo as a DP. Um, I've shot, uh, we went to Switzerland and we shot a bunch of online training videos for James Galway. Nice. Who plays oh, flute cool. for Lord of the Rings. You know, so, you know, <laughs> you know, I need to pay bills. Um, uh -huh. Flying out to Switzerland for two weeks to shoot, you know, a bunch of exclusive videos. Sounds good. Mm. Um, and so... Um, so you've learned, you've learned on the job. You've learned how the camera moves. You've learned how to shoot something, how the light comes in, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, or? are you learning? Yeah, you're learning, but I mean, you're putting into practice because your know, film school was very good and they taught you how to you know, do stuff. Um, so in terms of basic sense, you're learning, I guess. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, it was cool. You know, it was, it was fun to, you know, because you don't want to get stagnant. You want to be on a film set. You want to be setting up lights. You want to yeah, be prepping. Sure. You want to be, you know. So in terms of always keeping your hand in, even though it's not a blockbuster feature or it's not a TV or whatever, mm. it's still, you're on set, you're laying track. You're yeah, doing you're still whatever. working. It's yeah, still, it's yeah, just, you know, yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, so, uh, what, do you want to give us a little picture of the movie and we'll play the trailer yeah. and then we'll carry on talking about it? Um, so it's about um, two white South Africans who fight against apartheid in the kind of mid-70s. The government don't like that, so they decide to put them in prison for about 20 years combined sentence. They meet a third guy that from, uh, in the prison from France who got caught up in the whole struggle and got put in prison as well. And the three of them band together and say, look, we're going to have a good crack at trying to escape, we don't want to be in here, uh, and we're going to try and escape and uh, sock it to the man. No pens, no radio, no newspapers, no political conversation. Visitors are once per month. Did you ever sleep through my bed again? I could get used to this. You are the white Mandela. You are the most deluded of them all. We've heard about you too. How many years? For me, 12 family. Oh, but we don't plan on staying that long.
20 foot high. The barbed wires have this every inch of the yard. Always with guns. Lock up until dawn. Tunnels in any direction, they just lead you back on the prison property. Everybody comes in here and they're going to break out of here by next week. Always a first time. That's my touch exactly. You want to make key with pencil and drawing paper? No, no, from wood. That look crazy. So all we have to do is make a really complex key, then get it to reach a keyhole on the other side of a steel panel, three-inch thick iron door to which we have totally no access. I love it. You fail, you get 25 years if you're lucky. A bullet in the head if you're not. Hold! What is this? whole plan is doomed to failure. I won't give up. You didn't do anything. We are prisoners of conscience. What's different for us? Well, we're prisoners of war. Back off. What is wrong with you people? Get you to break us. This is how we fight. Hold on to that anger. It reminds you there's another world. That's not all this. Amazing. It's Escape from Pretoria there. It, out, it is out on March the 6th. Uh, cinemas and digital everywhere, which is amazing. Let's talk about how you wrote it then, because I think that's really interesting. We've got a lot of screenwriters who listen to this, uh, as well as filmmakers. And I think the screenwriting side of it is, if the script isn't good enough, the film isn't going to go that far. If the script's great, you could shoot it on kind of anything, I'm, you know, with, yeah. with a good yeah, DP, yeah. Oh, yeah. like Andy. <laughs> then Indeed. Indeed. Um, so let's talk about your process then of adapting a book into a screenplay. How did you, what's your process? Do you have notes on the wall? Like you say, you, you'd already highlighted from the book. Talk us through that. Yeah, I had, I had highlighted from the book um, originally. There were some drafts done um, beforehand and it was like, they're going to work then the decision Someone else made. had done, you mean? Or? Yeah, right, yeah, okay. so just, just like some, some shouts and like, is that, you know, in terms of the direction of it and, and things. Um, and then the decision was made that, you know, Francis, you have a go. You seem to know what you sort of want to do and you seem to have a sense of, you know, of the 385 pages of the script, you know, where you want to zone in. Yeah. Um, because about 160, 70 pages uh, before the prison are all dedicated to, you know, the, the establishing of their political beliefs and some of the um, kind of uh, missions they used to do to sort of, you know, um, set off pro propaganda leaflets, or anti-propaganda leaflets, I should say, you know, calling out the government and saying, you know, the ANC is not dead and we're alive and down with apartheid and, mm. you know, a lot of the stuff they used to do. So it's really interesting and it sets the scene and then how they got arrested and all of this. So the, then the thing became, you know, what's the balance now? You know, what are we going to focus on? The book is called Inside Out Escape from Pretoria Prison and, you know, about two thirds to three quarters of the, the, the book is weighted towards the escape, you know, how they found the materials, um, how they, you know, you know, came up with their process. Mm. Um, so that's what the book is really about and that's what Tim wrote. So how, you know, so then there was a, a long process of how much or how little of that, of the, of the script should be dedicated towards, you know, inside, outside. I think some of the early drafts that I wrote was about 44 pages before he got in the prison. 
Right. Um, and it's really interesting stuff. You know, they used to write in invisible ink and they would get postcards, you know, with what the next mission should be. And they had a garage which had all their kind of operating stuff. Um, but that um, ended up sort of getting found out. So there was so much interesting stuff um, right. that it was this whole balance, you know, what are we going to focus on? Mm. So once we distilled it down and said, okay, well, it's a prison movie. Then, you know, I had to then go through and go, okay, well, what are the minimums to help you to set the scene, understand where the characters are coming from, and then get into the prison. And probably just before we went to Dan, um, I think I sort of did a, a big call. Leaving, I, want, I, wanted, I wanted to leave some of that stuff in for Dan to see, to go, you know, what do you think, brother? You know, what, you, yeah. what, you, know, what do you think is salient? Um, and, but other than that, I kind of cut it down to about, I thought, 28, 29 pages before we got, you know, so I did a good call. And then took that to Dan, and then we did another call to get it down to about 18 or 19 pages before we get into the prison. Um, yeah, so that was kind of... That's your process? Yeah, it was about 12 months, 15 months, two years. It was quite a, quite a you know, continual process. I mean, right up until prep, I was wow. getting my laptop out and going, right, let's merge these two. Let's take that line up, you know, uh, um, yeah. Well, and how do you actually sit and... Is it easy for you to write dialogue? Is it not a problem for you to just smash that kind of stuff out? Or were you taking lines from the book? per se or yeah sometimes I was taking lines from the book or trying to sort of you know um, you know he would you know he would say oh you know it took us this much time so I'll try and either you know find a non-dialogue way of expressing that it took him so many months to get okay great how can we distill that and write it um, but um, yeah look, I mean I'm, you know if I'm writing dialogue I'm quite slow because I'm like okay let's try this mm, no no let's try that uh, let's give that line of dialogue to you know so I will mess around quite a lot mm. at the desk the first time and then oftentimes you know I'll go away and come back and then I'll play around you know a bit more um, we managed to get about two weeks of rehearsal uh, not not you know end to end every day but the actors came down about two weeks before and we spent at least about four days three days you know um, Dan Radcliffe Dan Weber Mark Led Winter and myself would just mm. sit in a cinema and we'd go through line readings okay let's look at scene 60 let's look because a lot of it was non dialogue action sequences, you know, two pages, two and a half pages of non-dialogue action. Yes. Um, so we'd sometimes block that out, well not sometimes, we would block that out and go, right, okay, here's the staircase, here's this. And I'd rehearse it with them and that was helpful for them. But when it was dialogue, we'd try and rehearse it and then they would ch chat and say, what do you think, what's his motive, you know, rehearse basically. Mm. Um, and out of that, um, about 10, 15 lines were either changed or trimmed or tweaked or cut. Um, so that was useful. Very, yeah. Um, but yeah. then, you know, being the writer as well, I'd have to get my laptop out, <laughs> you know, that night uh, during prep. It was interesting, you know, because there wasn't a writer I could say, right, here's the notes, or have a writer in the corner bashing notes out. It was me. Mm. Um, so as well as location scouting and, you know, sorting out costumes and sorting out the colour of the walls, I'd have to then myself whip out my own laptop and write and tweak and then send out the next, you know, amendments on the yellows or the greens. So that was interesting, kind of putting my director's you know, pulling that off, directors' mm -hmm. hat off, and then putting their writers' hat on, and actually getting my own laptop and writing. Um, but you know, it was good. It also made us very direct because I knew exactly where to go. Scene seventy-five, that line, change yes. it. You know, that there was a speed involved, which was helpful. Um, but also, it was it was interesting. You know, having to be both. Um, yeah. things yeah. yeah it must have been I suppose like the title of the film you knew the inside outside of the script which nice. is really interesting nice uh, yeah, like, that. I like that I like that <laughs> obviously you, so you've, you've worked as a DP before that must influence how you work how did you choose your DP uh, Jeff Hall was um, presented so then, and basically, I love when it. I was presented. Just this presented. Just would you like Jeff? Would you, oh, yeah. would you like yes. Jeff? Would you like Peter? Right. Would you in like the, that? In the cupboard there is <laughs> <laughs> so we met 
um, he happened to be in Adelaide when we were there in November for um, the first sort of location scouting. Mm. Mm. Um, so we met, um, he happened to live in Adelaide, so he drove down and literally we sat for four hours. Wow. Must have met at 12 and we were there till like half five. That's so good, isn't it? We got it? dinner and Connected. we got drinks. It was nuts. So we were talking about Robert Bresson. We were talking about visual style, visual theory. I was talking about the film, what it is and what it isn't. Um, uh, you know, very naturalistic lighting style, all kind of stuff. So, um, you know, that was, yeah. So, that, so I mean, I, if I'm being honest, we established a lot of the founding principles of how the film would look then so, so that if things got hairy, I knew that Jeff would kind of go, oh no, no, Francis wouldn't really go for that. Or this doesn't really fit with, I think, you know, going handheld, it's not gonna, you know, whatever. Um, there was a kind of language which was set there and we had, we had a look at um, uh, a couple of scenes from Bresson's pickpocket on my iPad and we nice. chatted and go, well, look at this. Look at how he doesn't, you know, get a wide and a mid and a mid. He just kind of goes where it's all about the bag and the guy's hands. So we follow the guy's hands across the room and it's, mm. you know, so, you know, we try, you know, so that's the language. We don't give a crap about getting, you know, yeah. you know, if this person is not in shot and they're not important to the scene, forget their clothes, you know. So we, we try and talk about this sort of way of approaching. Fascinating, because he did Chopper as well, right? Yes, exactly. So big, yeah. big, big DP, it's great. Yeah, yeah. It's great, and he moves fast and he knows it. So I think he got it. I had storyboarded about 60%. My wife and I had sat down and we- Can you draw? That's that's why my wife did it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's the same. I can't either. Yeah, so, it's yeah. absolutely abysmal. Yeah, but Andy um, gets through it. Don't you look at my pictures and oh, go, yeah, well, I, I, that's that's a person. I can yeah. see that. Yeah. I saw yeah. like, Rian Johnson had, had, had put some things on Twitter about like his drawing. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, like, I was like, yeah, I identify with that completely. Uh, um, yeah. So I would basically draw these pathetic um, kind of like childlike Stick scribblings. Figures, totally. And then Rebecca would sit next to me and then drink wine and then she would convert them into and I said, and I said no 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 a bit lower the camera wow. and then she'd kind of rub it so that's how we did it so we got, we got to about 60% and I storyboarded uh, sorry shotlisted the whole thing right um, and so I knew pretty much every shot beforehand so it was more a case of you know saying look scene 75 this is how I envisage it wide hit pushes in does that there's close up on the hand you know um, and so he kind of got that and it meant we could work fast um, and you know we at times we didn't deviate at all at other times, we'd, it was more about distilling. So we'd say, okay, we don't need the mid and this. Mm -hmm. So we'll play it all in the wide, you know. So, but we had a thing where we knew right. what the original was and then how to carve off from that. Right. Was that um, because of time on, on the day? Often because of time or because, you know, as, you know and there was lots of crazy things that, you know, during shooting, we were cutting scenes because bits of the um, set, you know, perhaps weren't ready. So we can save time if you don't cut if you don't shoot this scene and we can spend that on this. So what do you think? So I'd go home and, you know, pull my hair out and cry in the corner and then come back and say, oh, yeah, we can, okay, we can cut that, we can move the action to here. And yeah. um, so because of that, either things would get thrown out or we'd add stuff and go, well, let's combine the scene in the bathroom with the hallway and let's, you know, that lovely shot we wanted to do, let's move that here. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was one of the main reasons, but yeah, time, you know, uh, and, you know, and, you know, the actors wanted to do something else. So we'd, you know, form out. Yeah. And some beautiful shots. Obviously, we mm. talk about how gorgeous, you know, with the key traveling everywhere, the door bit, and traveling through uh, locks and also and moving the camera around. I mean, just just beautiful as well. Um, yes. Was that planned? Did you plan that from the we beginning? We did. So I had to plan that. There's some shots where we had very complicated camera movements. There was a, a shot where the camera moves through a a, 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 a door, door. Yeah. and they had yeah. to make the door on separate hinges and have the door on a separate track with a lens going through it so that as the camera pulls back, um, there were some um, magnets which then 
held onto the grill, meaning that the camera could continue moving back and the grill was in place. You know, it looked no as if we'd got way. so so that there was <laughs> that. I've got cool. some footage of that. You know, so it was kind of interesting. So we, we had to plan all that because you know the, the grip had to sort of prepare yeah. the, the day before, and sure. there was about seven or eight really kind of interesting shots. So I think it was about ingenuity. It was about putting bits together, wood and glue and stuff. So I think the the film was doing the same thing. Um, I love that. That's yeah. really interesting, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah, and the, the whole tension that you created was incredible. Um, so yeah, it's a fantastic film. Honestly, well done. We're delighted to chat with you and spend time. Wish we could have more, but they're literally taking photos behind us, getting ready to go. And I know you need to get in them. We need to take one as well, by the way, of us. But thank you very much. Um, where can people follow you so they can find your stuff? Yeah, I'm on Instagram at uh, Director Francis. I'm on uh, Twitter at Francis Annan. Um, obviously, the films Escape from Pretoria. Um, that's on Twitter and Instagram as well, and uh, yeah, I think there'll be there'll be more behind the scenes bits and bobs coming out. So if you if you want to know more about the film and how it's made, there'll be bits going on there. And yeah, brilliant, Francis. Thank you so much for your time. No, really no, appreciate no thank it. You. Cheers, buddy. Yeah, nice one. Thanks, man. Bye, guys. Um, that was brilliant. Myself and Andy just had a lovely time with Francis. Obviously, you heard that, so yeah, I don't right. need to tell you that. No. You heard it. Yeah, I think his film is great. Brilliant! Director. What a brilliant debut In movie! Incredible! Like, and, and we will keep saying like for a debut movie, like for any movie, it's just it's a proper film. Mm -hmm. It's really well made. It's yeah. really beautifully put together. Well thought out. Yeah, I recommend it. Totally. And I think what's really interesting is working with someone like Daniel Radcliffe as well, who's an established star and how he's a first time filmmaker managed to do that. And that mm. can be a choppy place. You know, they can, it's, it's their face on the movie. It's literally, we're looking at the poster now and there's Daniel's face and, and movie stars can get, is. they can get annoyed by that because they want to make sure the movie's the best it can be. So if you're not on top of your game from the off, you're not knowing what movie you want to make, it can be a bit of an issue. So, and he, he, he tells that lovely story about how he did that, you know, by lunchtime on day one, he was like, right, I know how to do this now. Um, so yeah, go out there and make your film. You can do it too. Like him, you can adapt a book if you want to. You can write your own screenplay. You can do it. Um, no, do you know, I'm loving the radio. It's my favourite. Let's just stop. Oh, oh, it's back. Thank you to the radio. Thank you to Giles. Thank you to me. <laughs> and remember um, know who your audience is and get out there and make your film and if you're lucky enough to rise up and do well it's your duty to come back and get us and also speak to us because that elevator needs pressing someone needs to press the button yeah. not that elevator because obviously you can send it back down but someone's got to open the doors I think that's what's important here you've got to remember that if you're not there to open the doors the left will go back up I again I think this metaphor elevator can go further well, it's an elevator. It can go as, as it's it's well, on it so many it. levels. Unless it's like the Willy Wonka one that can just go through the ceiling. Well, yeah, of course it is. If we're filmmakers. Okay, we can go through the ceiling. I will say that much like an elevator, though, films mm. the elevator tends to uh, go back to a floor and stay there. Usually, one of the higher up floors. It's true. It does. You have to usually call it down to, get to come down lower. That's true. It's really come. annoying. So sometimes yeah. the elevator doesn't come, but I'm going to send it down. Yeah, that's so my point that's, that's, that's the down. metaphor and if enough of us press the button from the yeah, bottom from the bottom eventually I'm like no I'm in the lift at the moment can you not keep pressing the button I'm trying to get out the lift you keep pressing it down to ground floor and if the lift doesn't work for you just go and do something else maybe we'll use just the leave, stairs. leave the lift use the stairs for yeah. God's sake Yeah, could be a fire use the stairs Yeah, so there you go um, thank you so much for listening to this week's Filmmakers Podcast Andrew Roger where can people follow you you can follow me on, on, uh, on Instagram and Twitter. Well, what's the, what's the handle? Oh, 35mm uh, DOP. We you just Google Andrew Roger and just spell it however you like, because that's what people do now. They just spell my name however they fancy. Yes, I find that really annoying. I get mm, mine spelled cool wrong sheets. all the time. Yeah. On credits. Yeah. 
Oh, good to that. Hello, it's my film. You're going to have to change that. Charles Anderson. I don't. It's really annoying. Where's yeah. you, yours is Roger. Roger, Roger, Rogers. I mean, it's, it's my fault for having a name that's two. very common. Well, is it t- you've got two. You know. You've got two normal names. You've got two first got names. Two first names, isn't it? That's your problem. Yeah. I've got a French name and a, and and someone who fixes alders. Gilles. Yeah. So we will see you next Tuesday when we have another fantastic episode of the Filmmakers Podcast. And I'll be here too because I've got nothing else to do. So I'll be there. So you get, well, this will be March. So you might, uh, you'll be doing that oh, big I'll movie I'll be commercial. Yeah. 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 And you'll be doing the yeah. big, yeah. Yeah. See you in a couple of years, probably. So probably see you in a year? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. For the rest of you, we will see you next Tuesday. Take care and uh, keep making your films happen. Make it happen. Do Make it. Make it happen. Do it. Do it. Do, do it. it Elevators are flying everywhere.